about 50 plus years ago, a man and a woman met and they decided that they would get married. I want to show you a picture of that couple. So if you can see that, you see a picture of a ready bride and an excited groom. And that couple got married and they started a family with just the two of them initially. And they began to live their lives and build a family. And the two of them over time became more than two. And let me show you another picture of a family at another wedding celebration where you see a ready bride again with a willing groom and a whole bunch of other people so that family of two over 50 years ago became this family and this family is celebrating another moment a generation or two later of a ready bride and a faithful groom now those two pictures represent a, a, a host of stories and adventures and experiences that make a family what a family is. Now I want you to think about 150 years ago. Just a little bit east of us, about two miles from the Georgetown campus, about 16 miles from the Liberty Hill campus, 13 people got together and they decided that they would become a church. I, I, I wonder if in those discussions around that decision, if Revelation 19 was ever brought up in conversation. Listen to Revelation 19, verses 7 through 9. Let us be glad, rejoice, and give Him glory, because the marriage of the Lamb has come, and His bride has made herself ready. She was given fine linen to wear, bright and pure, for the fine linen represents the righteous acts of the saints. And then he said to me, write, blessed are those invited to the marriage feast of the Lamb. I wonder if those 13 people talked about becoming a ready bride. Because Jesus Christ, the groom, will return. And he wants to find his church ready. I wonder if they talked about wanting to plant a church in Williamson County because they believed that part of becoming a ready bride of Jesus Christ is reaching the people where you live. Thirteen people made a decision over 150 years ago to start a church because they believed that God was calling them to become a ready bride because they believed that Jesus Christ the groom would return for his bride. And nothing 
has been the same. Stories of adventures and experiences and relationships over all these many years has culminated in this moment. Where where you sit right now, 150 years ago, was just land. There wasn't anything where you're sitting right now, 150 years ago. But just a little ways down the road, some individuals made a decision that has resulted in something that in that point in time, none of them could have ever imagined. I mean, what if, what if 153 years ago, those 13 people had decided we are not going to start a church? What if 140 years ago, approximately, those individuals who made up that church decided we are not going to build our very first building? What if around 100 years ago they had decided we are not going to move to a new location at 10th and Main? We're not going to do it. What if a little over 30 years ago, the FBG church family had decided we are not going to buy that land way out west of town in the middle of nowhere where nothing's ever going to be? We're not going to be one church in two locations. We're not doing that. Well, at the very least, I can tell you that if 13 people had not made the decision to start a church and if subsequent decisions had not been made by numerous people along 153 years ago, there would not today be in Williamson County five churches or campuses touching thousands of of people every single week in Williamson County for the glory of Jesus Christ. There would be no Main Street. There would be no Crestview. There would be no Terra Nova. And there would be no FBG Liberty Hill. And, and I'd, I'd like you to realize there would be no FBG. Imagine Williamson County without FBG. Boy, I'm sure glad that people 153 years ago decided to take a very next step. And so we come to today, a day where we as a church family decide to take our very next step. And here's the reality, Williamson County is not going to hit pause if we decide we're not willing to take a next step.
There are hundreds and thousands of people moving into Williamson County where we live. You recognize that? I think you do. I mean, if you drive down any of our streets, it doesn't take long to recognize it. All across Williamson County, people are pouring into our county. And it's not going to slow down. We're not going to be able to stop it. If we're not willing to take the next steps that God has called us to take, things are not going to hit pause for us to catch up. And the people that are coming into our county, there are many of them who are coming into our county who are not yet interested in influencing the county for the kingdom of God. And I want to just remind you that people that are coming here and people that are here that do not align with the interests of the bride of Jesus Christ will influence this county. And I'm convinced because of what God says in His Word that there is nothing more beneficial for a place than the influence of a ready bride of Jesus Christ. Are, are we becoming ready? It, it has to do with everyone's very next step. If you, if you think about what we've talked about over these weeks of living generously and talking about the importance of becoming a ready bride of Christ, a church who is living generously in every way for the glory of Christ right where we live, what we're saying is we believe that if we can become the influential body of believers that God intends us to be, we will reach people right where we live and we will help them find God and follow him so that they can join us becoming a ready bride of Christ and that we would because of our readiness for the return of Christ become a unique blessing where we live and everything will be different we believe that that is who we are called to be we believe that because God designed everybody to find him and the truth is everybody needs help finding him and the church is uniquely designed to help people find God. There is no other organization, there's no other group, there's no other gathering of people that offers the influence in the location where we live like the church. There is nothing else that has been uniquely ordained by God to help a people in a location find God and follow Him like His church. And so that's who we are. We are a church who is seeking with everything we are to live generously so that those around us might find God and follow Him in such a way that they could join the adventure of helping others find God and follow Him. We want to be a ready bride. And so we are loving God and we're loving people and we're helping others do the same with everything we are. We want to live generously with the grace of God that He has poured out on us. 
He's been pouring it out on this place and this people for 153 years so that we could come to this moment and we could say we stand at the edge of a moment of the rest of eternity. And we have the opportunity to take our next step. Be a part of that story. God has given us everything we have. There's not a thing that you have that God has not given you. He is the source of all that you have and all that you are. And He's calling you to trust Him and to live generously for His glory. He's designed our lives so that the things we have, the possessions, the money, the resources, the houses, the cars, the stuff that we have, all of what He's given us, those physical things, those lesser graces. He's designed all of those graces to be given. To be shared. To be leveraged. To bless people. So that we might experience the stewardship of people's very souls. Leading them to find God and follow Him. The greater graces are the opportunities to actually help someone trust Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And the Lord says, if you're not being a steward of the lesser graces for my glory, why would you think that you'd also be given the opportunity to steward the greater graces? And what living generously is about is, I'm willing to live generously with all the grace that God has given me in Christ, and I want to open the doors for the greater grace is the opportunity to bring somebody to faith in Jesus Christ. So Lord, would you take everything that I have, everything that you've given me, and help me to live in such a way that I leverage all of that so people can see you and decide to follow you and become a part of your family. You you see, generations ago, there was a ready bride in Williamson County who believed her groom was coming back. You fast forward a couple generations and all we want to be is that same ready bride believing our Savior is going to return. And for that reason, we're going to reach into the people's lives around whom we live and we're going to use all that God has given us to open every door into their hearts so that we could lead them to trust Jesus Christ. There's no greater adventure. That's our opportunity. In order to accomplish that horizon, we have to take a next step. So I want to read a passage of Scripture to you real quickly in order to facilitate stepping into specific next steps for our church family. And this passage of Scripture is found in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 through 19. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 through 19. Instruct those who are rich in the present age. Okay, just in case you're wondering, that applies to all of us in the room. We've all been given physical 
riches that honestly compared to the rest of the world is way more. We've been given spiritual wealth that's beyond imagination in Jesus Christ. So just know that this passage is addressing all of us in this room. Instruct those who are rich in the present age not to be arrogant or set their hope on the uncertainty of wealth, but on God who richly provides us with all things to enjoy. What we must make sure we do is never begin to believe that we don't need God for life. We can't allow the fact that we have a great deal around us in terms of material things to distract us from the reality that we desperately need God for life. Don't become arrogant. And don't think that your life is about the stuff you have because it's not. Instead, put your hope on who God is. We've got to make sure that we are putting our hope on God, understanding that He's the one that richly blesses us with all the stuff we have to enjoy. God gives us everything we have to enjoy those things. But what He tells us in His Word is the greatest enjoyment of the things that I've given you is discovered when you leverage the things I've given you, the lesser graces, to experience the greater graces. Just follow the thought here in this passage. Verse 18, instruct them to do what is good. Spend your time for the sake of the glory of Jesus Christ in the church. Instruct them to do what is good. To be rich in good works, spend your talent for the glory of Jesus Christ in the church. To be generous and willing to share. Spend your treasure for the glory of Jesus Christ in the church. If, if you will live generously with all that you are and all that you have, look what happens. Storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the coming age. I want you to use your life, all that you are, all that you have, because there's something far more significant in a coming age than everything you have in the present age. And here, here's why that's so important. So that they may take hold of what is truly Life. You know what God wants for you and what God wants for me is He wants for us true life. And He says true life is found when you live generously. When you take everything you are and everything you have and you decide I'm going to live for the kingdom of God being established in His church so that we're a ready bride and everyone around us has every opportunity to find God and follow Him. We want to be that beacon of light in the darkness. We want to be that people who say we believe this is our moment to make a difference for your kingdom right now when we live right here where we live. We want true life. We don't want inferior life. We don't want just to survive. We want what life is designed to be. And what he's telling us is life is designed to be leveraging everything God has given you for someone to find him. That's true life. That's what we are after. That's 
what we want. That's what we want for those around whom we live. Life. True life. Those of you in the room who have kids, you can probably remember a time when they were little and maybe you took them to eat and you bought them some french fries or some chicken nuggets or a bag of candy and you're looking at them as they ate their fries or their nuggets or their candy and you thought to yourself man that looks a lot better than I thought it would I'd like to try one of those and you've asked your kid hey can I have one of those fries or can I have a bite of one of those nuggets or can I have a piece of that candy and your kid looks at you like no way these are mine you go get your own anybody has that happened to anybody else in here and when your kid looks at you like that you want to just say to them hold time out just for a second you know I bought you those fries I bought you those nuggets that candy is stuff I bought you. And here's the thing. It's not yours. In fact, what I can do right now is I can take those fries or those nuggets or that candy away from you. I can eat every last piece of that right here in front of you because it's all mine. <laughs> you ever want to do that? Some of you probably did it. <laughs> and then you could say to them, hey, not only is that mine, but I want you to know that you don't have to worry about whether or not I eat one of your fries or one of your nuggets or one piece of your candy. I can walk right back over to the counter and I can buy 50 bags of fries and I can buy 50 boxes of nuggets and I buy 50 bags of candy and I can flood you with all this stuff and make you sick until you can't even see straight. If you've ever been in that scenario, maybe... Maybe in that moment you could hear the voice of the Lord speaking in your own ear. What I want for you is to trust me. Because everything you have is mine. And I have so much more than you can imagine. And I can supply every need beyond imagination. What I really want from you is that you would live generously for my glory so that the people around you might see me. Because the only way the people around you are going to see me is if you'll live trusting me for everything you need. And unless you live generously, the people around you are more likely to see those other influences. And there's nothing more significant than the influence of the bride of Christ right where we live, right when we live. But we've got to be willing to take our next step. All of us together to take our next step. This is, this is bigger than us. This is more significant than this moment. And yet, nothing could be more significant than your decision to take your next step.
So, so I want to help us walk through that together. In a few minutes, we're going to spend some time in public response as a part of our worship. You can read through the Bible in a public response in a corporate setting is a very important part of the experience of God's people. People would publicly respond, not because it was all about them, but it was because of what God was doing in their life. And they publicly respond, and that public response would create encouragement among others in the family of God. It would create encouragement and challenge in others in the family of God. It would create worship in those who watched others publicly respond. The public response is not about drawing attention to me. It's about drawing attention to the God who's working in me for the sake of His glory through us. And there needs to be some time where us sees what He's doing in me. It needs to be a part of our worship. And so today we're going to get to do that. And I think it's going to be an amazing opportunity for us to worship corporately. And the way we're going to do it is we're going to work on filling out this commitment card you received in your worship guide as you came in. We're going to fill that out. We're going to break. We're going to pray. And then I'm going to give you some guidance on going to the offering boxes. There are offering boxes scattered along the walls. There's two on this side. There's two in the back. And there's two up here in the front. And we're just going to get up. We're going to take these commitment cards to an offering box as our public display of worship. Lord, I'm taking my next step. And I want our church family to know it. That's what we're going to do here in a minute. What I want to do for the next few minutes, I want to walk through the commitment card with you and help you put on the commitment card your next step. So if you didn't get a worship guide and you don't have a commitment card, just raise your hand, keep it up, and somebody's going to come by and give you one of these as we work through this. Now, I want to walk through this card. I want you to notice a couple things about this card. There's not a place for your name or contact information. If, as we walk through this, you believe that the best way for us to help you is for us to know who you are and how to get a hold of you because you want help or you want more information, just write down your name and contact information on the back if you believe that the best way for you to take a step forward is for us to know you. Okay, but we're not asking for that information. All we're asking from each of you is to demonstrate publicly how it is God is leading you. So you're going to see these categories Launching, learning, leading, leveraging, and legacy. So if you're taking a step in launching with your time, you're saying, I've never decided to follow Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Today I'm making that decision. Or I've recently made the decision to trust Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and I want to be baptized. I've made the decision to follow Christ. I've been coming to this church periodically, but I want to come more regularly. I want to be a part of what's happening here. I'm beginning my journey. That's the phrase you want to think about in launching. I'm beginning my journey with my time. I'm going to start being more consistent and being a part of this church family. I'm beginning my journey with my talent. You say, I've never gotten involved in anything beyond coming to a worship service every once in a while. And so I'm going to begin my journey into exploring some other ways to use the gifts that God has given me. Do you know we have, some, we have some really cool serving opportunities through the rest of the fall. You could just say, hey, I want to try that once. I'm just going to check it out and try it. You know, one of them is a, a work day that's happening on our campus on October the 19th. It's just a work day. We're going to do some projects in the morning, probably some projects in the afternoon on that Saturday. You can sign up for some shift to be involved. Just come up. You're going to get clear direction on what to do. You're just going to put your hands to work and do some things around our campus. 
It's a real easy way to just say, I'm going to try something. You can, you can get more information or sign up at our website, fbg.church events, if that workday is interesting to you. We also have opportunities in a lot of other areas, our kids' ministry, our greeting ministry. If you say, hey, I recognize as a new person, I've only been here a couple times, but the campus, campus is a little bit confusing to get around. It's a little bit of a maze. Anybody else notice that? And you're like, I'd really like other people like me who are relatively new to kind of have help getting around the campus. I don't want that to be an unnecessary obstacle for people. You can stop by the Welcome Center immediately after the service and say, hey, I'd like to just try one Sunday helping people find their way around this place. So can somebody give me a tour so I know where I'm going? And, and they'll, they'll plug you in. So if you want to try something, just check launching and put under talent. I want to I I be involved in greeting. I want to be involved in the work day. This is what I'm going to try to do. I'm going to, I'm going to take a step towards beginning my journey. If you're launching with your treasure, you're saying, hey, I've not, I've not been giving to what God is doing here, and I'm going, to start, I'm going to start giving something. I'm going to start trying to give regularly and uh, just help out with what the Lord's doing. You're launching with your giving. And maybe something else comes to mind. You think of launching. I'm beginning my journey. So if that's you and that's your next step, just check launching and write down what it is. If you don't have room to write it down, you can use the back of the card. All right? If you're learning in the learning category, what you're essentially saying is, I want to move from a one-hour person with my time to a two-hour member. So what that means is, my one hour is corporate worship. This is where we gather, we hear the Lord speak to us, and we go out as a church family responding to the Lord's direction in our lives. And I want to move to something more. I want to start being in a small group, or I'd like to begin serving in some ministry capacity. I want to move from one hour to two. And the two hours that we want you to hear are most critical for your growth and service in the Lord. Begin with corporate worship and a small group experience. And so maybe you're saying, I'm learning as a follower of Christ, and what I want to do with my time is I want to go from a one-hour to a two-hour follower here with this church family. Maybe in the area of your talent, you're saying, hey, I, what I want to do as a learner is I want to commit for the rest of the fall in an area of ministry service. And maybe you say, hey, in kids' ministry, I don't know a lot about it, but I'm willing to get a background check, make sure everything's clear. I want to jump in kids' ministry because I know it's one of the biggest need areas in the church, and so I'm just going to plug into there. Maybe you're saying, hey, I've heard something about a special needs ministry, and my heart really is for special needs families, and I'd love to plug in there. So, so if you're saying, I want to be a part of something for the rest of the fall, you're going to say, I'm learning my time and my talent I'm willing to give uh, for the rest of the fall in some ministry service. If you're learning with your treasure, what you're saying is, I want to keep increasing regular giving with the intent of someday arriving at giving 10% of what God has given me. So if you're launching and learning with your, with your treasure, you're just saying, hey, I want to I move forward in the way I'm responding to the Lord with what He's given me. I want to treat these lesser graces in a way that opens the door for my experience of the greater graces. So you want, to, you want to check out learning and then fill something out. If you don't have room, put it on the back. If you're leading, if you're leading, your next step is leading. You're saying, hey, I want to move to a three-hour member or follower of Christ. I want to be involved in corporate worship. I want to be involved in a small group. And I want to be involved in an ongoing ministry. If you're, if you're leading the way with your talent, you're saying year to year, I'm going to be involved in, in serving in some ministry capacity. You can count on me. It may not be the same place every year, but I'm going to find a place and I'm going to be plugging in with my talents and using who I am for the sake of Jesus Christ and His glory right here in our church family. 
You say, I'm leading in the area of giving. I'm going to give a tithe of what God has given me. I'm going to, I'm going to be given 10%. You can count on me regularly supporting the church in its ministry. Now, something I men- mentioned last week is the 90-day tithe challenge. So for anybody in our church family, anybody that's, that's saying, I want to launch into this, I want to learn, hey, I'm willing to try tithing for the next 90 days. So if you've not been tithing, you, you don't you don't give 10% of what God has given you, and you're like, I want to try that for 90 days. I'm going to commit to that. You're going to additionally check out to the side there the 90-day tithe challenge. If you check that, what we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to take what is given extra from those who have not been tithing. For the next 90 days, we're going to give it away to three opportunities in our um, community. We're going to give, give that money away to big ministry of special needs adults, we're going to give that money away to Terra Nova, church that we planted years ago. We want to keep supporting and loving them. And we want to give that away to one of the greater needs in our independent school district. We're going to identify a campus that, that has a need that they can't meet unless there's some special way that we can help them. And so we're going to do that. So we're, it's, not, it's not we're going to keep that money for us, but in 90 days we're going to give that money uh, to those needs. And so if you've not been tithing, you will qualify for the 90-day challenge. If you have been tithing, you're like, hey, that sounds really cool. I'd like to be a part of that. Well, everything that you give, we're doing stuff like that with it already. And that's one of the things we're excited about when we present budgets every year. You get to hear about all the amazing things we are doing. So you're, you're funding all that kind of stuff, and we're going to keep doing things like that. But for those who have not tried it, we want to do something special with that money that you're giving more that would see how much you, you can make a difference for the kingdom of God where we live. All right, then if you're going to say, I'm leveraging, if you're leveraging, here's what you're going to do. You say, I want to take my time and, and my talent and my treasure, and I want to give all of it to the degree that people around me are encouraged to be doing the very same thing. I'm going to leverage my life in influence in these three areas so that other people around me are intentionally moving because of my influence in the direction of following Jesus Christ. So I'm going to leverage my time by making sure that when I'm investing my three hours, I'm bringing somebody right along with me. I'm going to leverage my talents in such a way that I'm not just giving myself away. I'm bringing somebody alongside me to learn how to give themselves away. If I'm leveraging with my treasure, then I'm bringing someone alongside me and I'm telling them about what God has done over my lifetime of faithful generosity that would radically change the rest of their lives if they'll just try it. So I'm leveraging, I'm bringing somebody else along with me. So you may want to check that and say, here's how I'm going to start doing that in those areas. If you're a legacy, you're going to check that off and you say, I'm committing with my time, talent, and treasure to create a wake of people in my path whose stories are different because of God's generous grace in me. And I'm going to do it with this person this year and another person the next year and another person the next year. And I'm going to live so radically generous with my time, talent, and my treasure that it's literally going to be one of the most generous things everybody around me has ever seen. Not because it's about me, but because it's about Jesus Christ and making the bride ready. And I want to leverage my life for that. See, I'm going to take a next step towards the legacy. Here's how I'm going to do it with my time, my talent, or my treasure. So that's, that's the commitment card. We want you to fill that out. We want you to make it very specific. And here in a few minutes, we want you to make your way.
to one of those offering boxes is a public response of worship. Lord, I am committing to take my next step for your glory right here with this church family. Until we are ready to live generously, we will not see that horizon become our reality. Nothing's more important than your next step. A number of years ago, right before we moved here, several years before we moved here, uh, living in Abilene, I planted some pomegranate bushes because I love pomegranates. I mean, I like those red, juicy seeds that stain everything you get on. I like pomegranates. So I was like, hey, let's plant some pomegranate bushes. That'd be really cool. And so I planted these little bushes, you know, and it takes some time. And it was several years before we moved, and they were getting bigger, more significant. They were starting to bear, you know, maybe one or two pomegranates that were small and immature and really weren't suited for eating. But I could see, I could see that horizon. And I remember one day before we moved, this is probably going to sound so silly, but I walked out there with those pomegranate bushes. And I just sat there and I thought to myself, I'm not going to get to eat those, those pomegranates. Some other, some other joker living in my house is going to get to eat those. <laughs> I can just imagine in 20 years, this massive pomegranate bush filled with fruit. And somebody who lives there that I don't even know, never met, walks out to the, one of those bushes and grabs one of those big, luscious pomegranates off, cuts that thing off, begins to eat those seeds, and thinks to himself, I wonder who planted these bushes? Somebody did. They're not going to know my name, but they will eat the fruit of my labor. 153 years ago, 13 people gathered. We don't know their names, but we're eating the fruit of their labor. You know why we don't know their names? Because what they did wasn't for their names. It was for the name of Jesus Christ. And yes, in this moment, everything we're doing is about what God's doing in us, but in 20 years, they're not going to know our names, but they will have the opportunity to taste the fruit of our labor for the glory of Jesus Christ. That is what a next step is about. That's what it's about. Real life.